Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. <laughs> Did you say Nasser Pocket? Sounded like it. Yes. Okay. My name is Nasser Pocket. <laughs> I'm Matt Stab. Couldn't think of a pocket. Couldn't think of something creative to say. <laughs> well, very good. Sometimes you forget your name. <laughs> it happens. I can't see you, Matt. My internet connection's down, so that's fine. I think that's why. You might have said your name correctly. I just, without the visual, I can't. You, you didn't know it was me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do know a Nasser Pocket as well, so it could have been them. I'm going to check. I didn't see who's on the other line of this call. but So here, here's, here's the goal for today. We're going to not try to say, <laughs> other than right now when I bring it up, we're, we're going to try to not bring up Donald Trump at all, even though we're going to talk uh, kind of about what's going on with these boycotts and everything else. Is that... Is that a deal? I mean, I have to kind of bite my tongue, but yeah, I'll try. Try my best. I know we've we've had like more Trump articles in the last like month than I think most people can stand, but it's topical. What can we do? Yeah, I think we can do it. Even though you know, one of the things stories you might talk about is kind of related to that. But so Amazon, you know, I think people are familiar with what Amazon is. You can buy buy products on there. We've talked about it a few times. I think people mm-hmm. know. So. They're getting a lot of, of pushback from, what's the group? Ultraviolet is the group. I'm not even familiar with an, an online community that promotes equality and fights sexism. They're kind of boycotting or protesting against Amazon for selling a certain candidate's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you created the rule. Yeah, so. I, well, it's going to be difficult. A, a, certain, to- a certain Republican candidate's menswear, menswear collection. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so the only 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 candidate that has a menswear collection. <laughs> well, I don't know that. It could be other ones. Cruz does have some style. <laughs> They're wanting essentially for Amazon to remove these products from its marketplace. And that's kind of the gist of, of this. And Amazon has policies in place for, you know, they it won't sell offensive offensive products. And if you go to their what these are listed as some examples, I mean it's Really, it's offensive things. So we're talking, you know, promoting hatred, violence, racial, sexual, religious intolerance, crime scene photos, other more graphic things, which would make sense. I don't think Amazon wants to be selling that. Yeah. And like, for example, they, isn't it, I think Amazon, they prohibit Confederate flags was in the news, like whether that's allowed. And I think they prohibited that, correct? Yeah, that would, I, I, I'm not sure, but that would make sense kind of based on, I think that would fall under this first category they have. But what about... A, a product that is sold under somebody's name or a business's name, and it's the, the person that might have these beliefs, particularly of, of sexist nature or alleged sexist nature. Or racial or religious intolerance. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so what if, what if it's that person that has those beliefs and not necessarily, like in this example, I don't think the the shirts themselves aren't promoting sexism or racism. <laughs> it's the the person behind the shirts, I guess, that is the one that's doing it. So it's an interesting idea. Well, I, I, d- I do have a Trump tie. Oh, I said this name. Whoops, sorry. And I was wearing it out, and someone did call me a racist, but <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if it was a tie or not or it was just my racial comments or something. Yeah, you know, actually, uh, a side note, I 
quick side note, I also have a tie and a sh- well, I used to have a shirt. I got rid of it and actually like like the actual product a lot. It's pretty good quality in, in my opinion. I, I liked the shirt a, a lot, but I don't have it anymore. But anyways, <laughs> I, I haven't been criticized for it. If anything, I've probably been complimented, but that was many years ago. So, you know, we'll start with this is, you know, what's Amazon supposed to do in this situation? I mean, it doesn't really, like I said, it doesn't necessarily fall under their, their hard and fast rules for things that should be prohibited because it's offensive. But, you know, if you go a layer behind, the, you know, if you go an extra layer, the person behind that product is offensive. So it's it's an interesting situation for Amazon, but this is just kind of boycotts in general. This often happens. And Amazon is in a pretty good position in this case because they're so huge that and they sell so many things that they have the ability to not take a stand on it. It's like, look, if you don't want to buy it, then don't buy it. But we're not going to delist it or anything that doesn't violate our terms of service, which is outlined here. It, it becomes more problematic when a company has, you know, so-called company values, whether it's the Honest Company with, what's what's the- Jessica Alba. Yeah, if Je- Jessica Alba's company with Honest Company, like you have a set of ideals that now if you have a product that doesn't fit that ideal, you're going to have to kind of succumb to that boycott pressure, which frankly, th- these kinds of these kinds of boycotts, I do do think they work if people were actually following through with it. And Amazon maybe probably is not really going to be affected in this case because I still think that they, they get a percentage of whatever is being sold, but the primary loser, if if there is one, if there's a substantial, substantial boycott, is the unnamed candidate that has that menswear product. Yeah, and really to, you know, to be frank with that as well, I don't think they're going to lose too much business. I mean, it's not going to be selling on Amazon, but... I, yeah, I don't think it's it's a drop in the bucket for that establishment as well. Even though I didn't even realize they got booted from Macy's at some point, which is I th- probably where I bought the shirt or and or tie <laughs> at the time. I'm I'm guessing that's probably happened. And there's been other boycotts against him too. With I think it was Univision because of his comments about Mexicans. I think that if I recall, Univision kind of boycotted them or or canceled. Miss America pageant or something, whatever, it had some kind of reaction. And so obviously they're, they're, this is a viable way of protesting and so forth. But as a small business or even a, a medium-sized business, having any kind of bad publicity like that is, 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 can be troublesome. And if there are, for example, we've dealt with a lot of bad Yelp reviews, right? Yeah. And if some you know loud customer, and we've seen it on, even on TV when on reality shows, when you get a company that is kind of publicized for doing something bad and then everyone kind of huddles around this kind of boycott, what do you do? There are some kind of, there, there may be, I should say, some kind of protection or defense to that, don't you think, on a legal basis? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's a wide or a broad stance on, I guess, freedom of speech, but it can go too far. You can't just go out and, and say whatever you want about a business or hold up a sign that's, you know, says something pretty bad, even though I guess thought about that too. I think that's happened in some of these presidential candidate speeches or things have definitely happened. And I guess those people just get carried, you know, get removed and who knows what happens after that. I I never follow up with any of that, but from a small business perspective, it's, you know, the the risk is so much greater, you know, with, with this, this particular issue of Amazon, like we said, not a big deal for Amazon, not a big deal for the the company or the 
whatever it is selling the product either. But for a small business, let's say, you know, to bring this back, we talked about this, what, over a year ago now, I think. I can't remember. But the that pizza place in Indiana, yeah, they came out and said something about they, well, I'm going to, I don't, I'm not going to misquote it because I can't remember exactly because that was part of the whole issue to begin with, but something about the, yeah, what they actually said. Yeah. The, the news that was put in the media was they would not be serving anyone, any homosexual couples, things like that. And I don't think that was actually what ended up being said, but anyways, you know, that's, that could be crippling for a small business, regardless of, of whether you said it or how it was interpreted or not, because you know, in that like in that example, you see a bunch of people boycotting the place, not just in person, but that one. I mean, there if you remember their their Yelp page just got decimated with reviews of clearly people that had never been there, not only violating the terms of service of Yelp because they want customers and posting awful things, but also you know being held liable for defamatory comments. So you know, is yeah. is that small business going to have the the legal power and the money to go after these individuals, I doubt it. And they would probably want to be worth their time anyways. But you know, if, if this exam, if this does arise for smaller, smaller businesses, then it's a much bigger issue. And you know, you're going to have to figure out how to, how to handle that. Yeah. And defamation is, is one way, because like you said, the people that are going to be participating in any kind of boycott are going to be emotionally charged. I mean, it goes with the territory. And so with that emotional charge, there's going to be those, like Matt said, that cross that line into a defamatory statement to saying something that's not true and that is damaging to your business. Because whether it's an exaggeration or of the truth or just a complete lie, either way, it could be defamatory. But then there's also this concept of that makes it a little bit more interesting of a tortious interference claim. And we've talked about this in the past of, of when this can come into play, but as a consumer of any product or service, you know, you are free to not purchase something. But as soon as you start organizing a boycott, for example, you do actually have some possible liability. And it depends upon if you meet, meet the elements or not, but it, it, as a business owner, if, if you're getting boycotted against for something that's really unfair or you know, whether it's true or not true, there may be some recourse in in this area of tortious interference of contract. Yeah, and I think the tortious interference of contract, the part that's going to be tough with that, in my opinion, is just the actual contract that exists. Yeah, between the you know the business and the and some sort of third party. Yeah, so it, yeah, it depends upon like like if you're just general consumers, there's no most consumers don't have a contract to buy anything from you. But if we're but if the boycott starts affecting like you know, vendors and relationships and things like that, then it becomes a little bit more arguable. Yeah. And, you know, and there's also tortious interference with prospective economic relations. Yeah, that's true. This isn't in California. I, there's, I'm sure there's similar things in other states. So, you know, that might fall more in line as well. But say it's kind of going back to the same thing with the defamatory comments. It's, you know, especially for these small businesses, are they going to focus on their PR and trying to get their name back in a positive light? Or are they going to start suing these individuals for tortious interference? I'm probably going to focus on the PR in that case. In fact, a wise attorney told me this, a story where basically he gave an example of, of a defamatory, a defamation claim that you have one person that's saying one bad thing to you. And 
If you just let it go and don't say anything, most likely that's all it's gonna be. But as soon as you file a lawsuit, get it in the public record, then it becomes, then you that then you're giving that person an audience and and so same in the same way you know going going after that that boycott organizer may not have the desired effect other than you know a lot of clients i think mistakenly think that okay this is my opportunity to set the record straight that this is not true or i need to get something but in court may not necessarily be the best way to do that maybe something on a prn that you may need to work on yeah definitely it's i mean that's for any, once you have the negative light thrown upon you, it's, you know, the focus should always, not always, but most of the time should shift to that, the PR side of things. And because, yeah, like you said, what are you going to do? Sue somebody and then you'll probably just be ridiculed even further. I don't think that, yeah. you know, people aren't going to come around on you, you know, because people, everybody loves lawsuits. So everybody loves people suing people it's de- it's definitely not going to help you out and we should add that the the tortious interference of of a contract is i i don't know about you matt but like whenever i see that claim in a lawsuit I, it's it's almost a throwaway it's like you're grasping at straws usually if you have that claim and that's what your that's what your legal claims based on it's 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 a very difficult thing to win a judgment on and 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 i think for most lawyers it's 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 seen as something scary because you have no idea what that means and it could be anything. Yeah. But and and some some attorneys look at it that way. I I look at the opposite. It's like if you if that's if that's your legal theory, then you're grasping at straws. Yeah. I mean, and I think most of the times that would be it's a good assessment of it. Yeah. Obviously, it's fact fact dependent. You oh, know, of course. Sometimes you have the good facts, but yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, an interesting component of this is for these small businesses. So let's say there's Let's say you're the owner and you say something you shouldn't have and people start boycotting the the employee, your employee's response. I think that's an interesting component to me, because what if you say something and, you know, we'll use that pizza place example. Let's say one of your employees is, you know, all for, you know, has no problem with or I guess not even no problem is offended by the fact that you said that you wouldn't serve a homosexual couple, you know, that's, <laughs> I think this is an even greater issue with, with the employee who disagrees with you than the actual customer. Cause from the employee's perspective, they just might get up and quit based on, cause they're going to have to see you every single day or at least all the hours they work presumably. And then, you know, let's say you're the business owner. Are you going to, you know, you're probably not going to be able to go after them for, for leaving and assuming there's some sort of at will contract. I'm kind of just rambling on here, but maybe you can put my (laughs) thoughts in a, in a more cohesive way. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, we've always talked about employees being your number one vulnerability in any business from a legal risk management perspective. And the same goes along with if, if, if you have an unhappy employee, who who do you think is going to be the first person to go on the news about somebody here tactics or or I should say your culture and and we saw we saw that with the episode that we covered last week in HubSpot yeah. it was a former employee True. that was basically pulling back the curtains on the operations of HubSpot and so same thing with any kind of other you know if you if you had an employee from the pizza place saying yeah my my former employer is a bigot and a racist <laughs> uh that's <laughs> that's not going to that's not going to help uh help your cause yeah people are you know the people that watch news or, or read the stuff's definitely gonna they're gonna put more credibility in these employees because they presumably would know the owners better so 
yeah that's i think that's a component that a business might not necessarily think about is they're so going to be so concerned about the people outside or customer losing customers or people outside protesting that you have to look internally as well. But yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's just an interesting thought to it all. You know, another piece to the puzzle, but you know, what, what do I, I guess at the end of a, the, the day here, what is our, do we have advice for other than don't say anything offensive so you don't get boycotted? I mean, do we have advice to small businesses on, <laughs> on what to do if they're, even, let's just give an example of even like a small boycott. Let's say you have a some sort of return policy that's a little bit tricky or a little bit worded differently, and you don't do a return, and it somehow you know gets posted on like uh, a review page, and people start liking that comment. I mean, that's like the slowest level protest or, or boycott <laughs> you can have. I mean, I think that's a great example, by the way, because like it really focuses on something that you can do to prevent because really if if you're getting boycott if you have a boycott against your small business you've already kind of reached a point where there's not much you can do because yeah. reality is any recourse any pr if you meet a i've i've met with clients in, in different ways where you meet with a pr firm and say hey you know we this is this is the issue that's going on we're concerned about blowback and so forth 90% of the time it's like well, the only thing you can do is not deal with it directly. You have to do other positive things that kind of offset it and kind of maybe you're forced to address it directly if you're asked directly. Like, for example, HubSpot, they had a response to all the negative publicity they were getting, but it was so overwhelming that they had to. It took them a couple of weeks to do it. It took a couple of weeks after this book released. And I think in that case, it was different. But if you have a boycott, and you're forced, you know, into a press conference, something like that, you have to respond. But otherwise, the answer is, is, is you know, what can you do to prevent it? And in your example of a return policy, there's so much you can do on, and we've talked about this, you know, so many times about creating the culture, the company culture internally and externally, how you deal with customers, uh, customer service and quality control and all that stuff that, you know, you get an MBA for and study for should be done prior. And and it also includes from a legal risk management perspective is making sure that you're protected and you're actually cognizant of some of the legal risks that you're entering into. So really the advice is if you, if you have a boycott against you, then just give up and close your business. (laughs) And that's what Trump should do. Well, I think the, the, the phrase is inherently sexist because it's boycott and not girl caught. I agree. I agree. Or it could be, it should be person caught. Yeah. By the way, if we're talking about boycotts, we have to talk about what's going on with, you know, these other states with, what are the states? I, I, I can, I, North Carolina? Yeah, North, I mean, there's North Carolina, but there's also Mississippi, right? And even Tennessee passed these laws that basically say, counteract any kind of special, so-called special treatment, or basically creating a protected class based upon sexual orientation or even gender or uh, protecting kind of trans, transgender and transsexual rights and this is, and we've seen it. And we, we did an article, by the way, if you can check it out, we'll, we'll post it uh, a week or so ago. And this has created a clear boycott from, in, from many perspectives, whether it's businesses that are boycotting the state or musicians or, or what have you, and, and see how they're reacting and see how they're dealing with it. And, and they're, they're going through the same kind of trials and tribulations. Yeah, the, and for those, these boycotts in particular, they've done probably the one thing from the boycott the boycottor perspective for the people that are boycotting. They, <laughs> boycottor. You mean the person-cottor? 
Yeah, personal guitar. <laughs> Once you get a celebrity involved, it's you're golden. I mean, because that just yeah. However many X increases the publicity of it. So no doubt. And I, <laughs> this example in particular is a little bit interesting because I think I saw that some of these celebrities that have kind of jumped on board here have also been found to say the opposite in in prior years or prior instances. In the past. So it's it's kind of a whole hypocritical thing going on here but it's an interesting thing that's going on and to me it's not getting as much publicity as it's getting far less publicity than than other things that aren't nearly as important so yeah absolutely and and but i i I don't know if i saw this correctly but i think the north carolina governor is is starting to have second second thoughts on the whole thing so we'll see what happens there but it, it shows you i mean once you get to that point, you're in a tough position, especially if the boycotts start picking up steam, you know, and, and you've seen it in different, especially with any, any kind of national brands. If, if, if these things start snowballing a little bit, they'll, they'll adjust pretty quickly and, and they'll, they'll change, change their, their act. Yeah, you're right. The, the governor of North Carolina has backed away from some components of the law here, but he stopped short of completely opposing limits on bathroom access. This is yeah. as of a couple of days ago, and but it's only you know as of we're recording today, and there's already been a, a movie that was set to film in Mississippi. Sharon Stone she canceled plans to film a movie there, and then Ringo Starr, who's really not relevant at this point, he's announced that he was canceling a show in North Carolina. So this go, if this stuff continues, and the backlash is great. I should also announce that I'm going to cancel all my concerts that I have in Mississippi as well. Yeah. Have you been to Mississippi before? I haven't. And now I, I may not, you know, I, I'll go there maybe for non, non-performance of my concerts, but I'm not performing any concerts there. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I don't know what sort of concerts you performed, but it's, I guess they're, the people are going to be missing out. Yes, they will. Mississippians. Well, I think that's it. We did a pretty, yeah. we did a pretty good job on our ban. I, I, did 100% compliance and you were... Yeah, I had some slip-ups, so I'll put a dollar in the jar. <laughs> it's all right. We'll try to keep this. Uh, I hope we'll try to keep it going until the unnamed individual is either out of the running or the race is over completely. So we'll see if we can keep that up. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right, man. Well, I've said goodbye to you, too. <laughs> because it's that's true all right but I'll, I'll talk to you later and i'll talk to you later the first one was to you second one was to everyone else perfect same for me keep it sound keep it smart this has been the legally sound smart business show with your hosts nasser pasha and matt stop the legally sound smart business show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.